open up this pulpit for my good friend, Brother Mike Glover. Amen. I want you to come preach the word. Thank you, Jesus. God. Anybody going to get behind my friend? example of what a man of God, how a man of God should carry himself, live in this world, in a, almost an impossible kind of a example to follow. We you know, I plan on being more powerful than he ever was. I plan on doing more or seeing more than he ever did. That's apostolic. Just testing you guys here. <laughs> My son Jackson's going to see way more than I ever saw. That's how it should be, right? On the shoulders of each other. It's going to happen. Amen. Well, we're going to... What I'm going to be teaching today, I'm going to take my time. Guess what's going to happen? I, I talked briefly in a prayer in Sterling on a Tuesday night about... Mordecai and Haman and then we just had prayer my dad texted me that was a Tuesday and said you should develop that into a sermon in case someone cancels men's retreat that's kind of laughed like haha I said why don't you do it and uh but it just kind of stuck with me like okay and then Saturday that next Saturday I get a call from brother Playo he's asking me if I can fill in for some people that cancel and I'm going okay I guess it's the will of God for me to do this so I'm just going to take my time and there's going to be an apostolic move of God before we're done it's my desire richly my desire is for everyone that needs the Holy Ghost to receive the Holy Ghost everyone to be refilled for everybody to step into another dimension of apostolic authority power experience so, my dad is often used in tongues interpretation, maybe the most fluent or the most uh, most used in that in those two giftings that I've ever seen. And as my authority, most likely he's going to get an utterance, but he's not afraid to also let it go and see if someone else will step up. So there's going to be moments I really feel there's going to be moments where those things have become available to us. And if Pastor Glover doesn't step up and, and immediately do it, you step up and do it if you're feeling it. Because right. we're with men that love each other. Yeah. We can grow with each other. We can yeah. stutter around with each other. Yeah. Right. And we can experience God together. Right. Humbling ourselves, but also realizing that we are sons of God. And it's disrespectful to God for us to have all these giftings and all this anointing and not use it. And not exercise it. Just because you have gifts of the Spirit when you receive the Holy Ghost doesn't mean anything if you're not exercising faith and if you're not starting to grow in the working and operation of the gifts of the Spirit. The reason why my pastor, my pop is so, so often used in that is because he's exercised it over years and years and years. Brother Norm Heiler is the same way. Brother Norm Heiler works up on the slope, two weeks on, two off, 
sometimes three, sometimes on vacation. But when he's at our church and there's going to be an utterance, watch out because he's going to be giving it. And that's a great thing. That's the way we grow. So I want to push that if possible. Praise God. Praise God. Does anyone have Ephesians 1, like 17 through 22 memorized? No? Okay. Let's go ahead and start there. It's just my, just wanting to uh, use it as a prayer for us right now. If the God of our Father... Oh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. 2.6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to pick up where Pastor Churchill, or Brother Churchill, that wonderful message he preached last night. Wow. When, you know when you really just let, let it go? When you really just become real? That, that opens it. That's, a, that's an opening. That's a door to the, to the supernatural to begin to move. And Pastor Churchill, or Brother Churchill started talking about his experience with his wife passing away, holding her in his arms as she no longer has life in her body. Woo. Oh God, yeah. Something about men getting real All right. that just that just makes it makes it makes the moving of the spirit so much easier. All right. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. So Exodus 17. They, they went through the waters of Mara. And, and Moses has struck the struck the rock. And Amalek comes. Who knows we don't fight flesh and blood. So I want you to keep that in mind as we're talking about Amalek, Amalekites. It's verse 7 of 17 in part it says because they tempted the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not very important that you catch that as soon as soon as Israel expressed doubt Amalek came and they attacked them in Deuteronomy 25 they attacked them they attacked them from behind and they attacked the feeble ones that were at the very back of the crew, they ambushed them and came from behind and attacked them. That's what Amalek does. That was the first battle that they came. Coming out of Israel, that is their first fight. You know, they marched 
out of Egypt. Amalek, Numbers 24-20, describes it as being the first nation. It, it, it's, Amalek was a, was a product of Esau's lineage. But they even before that, Abraham had rescued the Amalekites. So they've been, from the very beginning, they've been there. And they are the enemy of God's people. And what they try to do is they feed on doubt and they try to cool off your experience with God. They try to cool off that faith that you have in God. So as soon as they express, is the Lord among us, here comes Amalek. And it's always going to be a situation like that in your life when you start to doubt or you start to, to consider, is God with us? That Amalek is going to come. And Amalek does not respect God. Deuteronomy 25, you guys just stay at Exodus, please. 25, it says, 17 through 19, this is after this is over. God says, remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when ye were come forth out of Egypt. How he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee. When I was faint and weary, and he feared not God. And so then he goes, Therefore it shall be when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou shalt not forget it. Right, right. Ooh. Okay. So here they come. They attack. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but this is the absolute picture of what spiritual authority looks like. All right. This is what your pastor does for you. All right. So let's look at that as a congregation. Moses is the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And as they attack, he has Joshua organize an army. It's the first time we ever meet this Joshua. In verse 11, it says, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. When he let it down, let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So I want you just to picture a cross. So up and down, and here's Moses. He's standing out and he's holding up his arms. Because Moses, it doesn't matter if you're there and not doing anything, you're going to lose. Our Moseses need to be engaged. When Moses is engaged, Joshua wins. And he starts to get tired. Verse 12. So he's standing and he's fixing to sit. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 talks about that rock which followed them in the wilderness, which was Christ. <laughs> you know, it's very possible there was a rock that followed them in the wilderness. that had that water coming out of it. And so Moses' hands are heavy. They took a stone, put it under him. And he sat there on it's the most important thing for our leadership is to be able to get established on that rock, which is Christ. Amen. And that, that up and down relationship be so strong right. that their arms are able to extend out and cover deeper right. and farther and farther. Right. Right. Man, it's so powerful. So Aaron and her come up and they hold his arms. Yeah. Supporting underneath him, not on top, underneath. Yeah. When you come up under authority... You're going to be able to exercise your own authority, and you're going to be covered and protected, and you will win this battle against Amalek, who wants to cool you off 
He's want, he attacks the weak. Yeah. He attacks the women. He attacks the children. Ask right. David and Ziglag. Yeah. Right. Amicites. Yeah. And they are so, so de... They're so, so non-men that they can't even have sex with the women. They're partying down after Ziklag. And they aren't, they aren't even touching the women. Spirit of the Antichrist. It's probably what Amalek looks like right now. Doesn't much care about women. Likes men. Go ahead, Brother Lowe. Talk about it. I'll be here all day. <laughs> so he uh Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people the edge of the sword. Verse 14, and the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amlet from under heaven. So Moses built an altar, called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, where he said, Because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amlet from generation to generation. To generation to our generation right now. You don't wrestle flesh and blood. Numbers 14. They have just wussed out. Except for Caleb and Joshua. And so those ten spies with negative, negative report are already dead. For the second time, Moses has taught God out of starting over with him. You know how tempting that would be? Man, especially about this time. And so they get up in the morning, they're like, you know what? We're going to go get that promised land. And so we're going to go fight. And Moses, this is 14... And verse 40 to the end of 45. And Moses says, Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies for the Amalekites, who they already beat when he was a, when he was exercising his spiritual authority. And the Canaanites are there before you. And they presume to go up unto the hilltop, but the Ark of the Covenant and Moses didn't go with them. That's right. And they got their hineys handed to them. How important is a man of God? How important is spiritual authority? Today, we need Moses in his office. We need Moses exercising his authority. And we need men of God that get under that authority. Real quickly, Mordecai and Haman, story in Esther. Mordecai is of the lineage of King Saul. It goes, goes real quickly through his lineage. And son of Kish, but it leaves out a lot there. He's the son of Jonathan. He comes from Jonathan's lineage. Mephibosheth, the Shimei, the guy that was cursing at David, throwing rocks at him. He comes from that line, Mordecai does. The tribe of Benjamin. Haman is an Agagite. And he comes from the king, Am the Amalek, Amalekite king that Saul saved, King Saul saved, yeah. right. and brought. Right. 
for whatever reason, trophy awards, what have you. And so in the story of Esther, without realizing it, we're seeing this confrontation one more time. But since he's since he is of Saul's lineage, let's go look at Saul a little bit. God help me not to get too riled up. King Saul, he was head and shoulders above everybody. So small. I come from the smallest tribe of Benjamin. I can't even find donkeys. He's very insecure, Saul was. But he was impressive looking. So he's he's anointed king. They had like two swords in all of Israel. They had to go to the Philistines to get their even the harvest, the tools they used to harvest to get those sharpened. Because the enemy controls how they fight, the enemy controls when and how they harvest. The enemy has control of everything. Wow. So I'll just start at 14. No, I'll go before that. Verse 13, or chapter 13. They're waiting for Samuel at Gilgal. Verse 8. And he tarried seven days according to the set time Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal. People were scattered from him. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me. Saul had zero understanding about offices, about how the different offices would work in the kingdom. And so he's king, so he thinks he can also be high priest. Or he thinks he can also offer sacrifice of the tribe of Benjamin, by the way. The difference between him and David is miles. Because David is called a prophet. But he understood that he was a king not working in the office of a prophet. So he had Nathan and Gad. Then he had priest. And he understood that this is my office. This is my office. Saul had no understanding of that. Or maybe he didn't, didn't care. And so since Samuel hasn't come on time, he offers a sacrifice. And as soon as he's done offering it, here comes Samuel. We, we never do that now, though, right? We never have a planned schedule for our great high priest to come. We never lose, lose patience and kind of just do it ourselves before God even shows up to the service, is what I'm talking about. Because we have our own schedule. And the people, the people are getting agitated. And the people, that's all he ever says, the people, the people, the people. Fear of people. Yeah. You want to talk about Ephraim, the uh, turning back of the day of war, day of battle. Samuel, I mean Saul, was so impressive looking, and there was one, there was not one bit of manliness, masculinity, warrior in him at all. But Jonathan was. So that next chapter is when he he goes up with his armor bearer. And says, let's climb up there. And let's, let's see what God will do. And that armor bearer, you know, because it only takes two, really. 
In this body, it only takes two people to agree for God to be able to step in. Right, right. I'm getting to the point now, Uncle just to push us a little bit, that I think Paul really, really believed what he was saying. And so I think all I need is Paul. When I have scripture that he says, all I need to do is agree with Paul because I'm in the same body of Christ that Paul is still in. You think we can't access that? They go up. Those people are like, come on, bring it up. Let's do it. And they start taking them out. And uh, the first, at first, so they're falling before Jonathan, verse 13, and the armor bearer is killing them behind him. So armor bearer must have the sword. Jonathan must have some. And uh, they kill 20 men within a half, within a half an acre. And then the, there's trembling in the host, in the field, among the people, garrison, spoilers. They also trembled. The earth quaked. And so God steps in. So he creates all kinds of confusion. But Saul's there with the rest of the army. He goes, number us now. Who's missing? I wonder how long that took. <laughs> then he goes, bring hither the ark of God. And he's talking to the priest. Then he's like, withdraw their hand. Let's go fight. But, verse 24, Saul had made the warriors fast that day. So that I may be avenged of mine enemies. So he made warriors that were warring fast. Talk about zero spiritual understanding. He talked about selfish motives. Well, guess what? Jonathan hadn't even been told that. He didn't even know. And so he, he, he they get, get that victory. And they're going after him to spoil. And there's honey on the ground. I've never even heard of that. And so, but they're not going to eat it because they're fearing his oath. They were distressed, actually. Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening. And so they aren't eating it, but he sticks his rod in there and takes some of the honey. And his, he gets energy back. His eyes are enlightened. Yep. Yep. And they're like, thy father straightly, verse 28, thy father straightly charged the people to know, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Jonathan says, My father screwed up. Because look at me, I'm energized. And just think how much greater slaughter we could have had on the Philistines if we actually had the energy to do it. But it's all about Saul. And so you know what he causes them to do? He causes them to be so hungry that they start eating meat without draining the blood. And so that, that's told to him and he built an altar for the very first time. Then he, then, and then he's wondering if they should go down and go after the Philistines. God doesn't answer him. So he says, verse 38, Draw ye near hither all the chief of the people, and no one see wherein the sin hath been this day. For as the Lord liveth, which saveth Israel, though it be a Jonathan, my son, he shall surely die. Well, sin's in you, idiot. You cause... You caused all your men to sin by putting this 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 yoke on them to fight without eating. And so they're now they're so hungry that they're just devouring the food without waiting for them. You're the one that sinned. But it goes down, and Jonathan is, with the casting the lots, Jonathan is picked out. And Saul's going to kill his son. And Israel steps in. 
45. And the people said unto Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid, as the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground. For he hath wrought with God this day, so the people rescued Jonathan, that he died not. So Saul would make, make these big commands. He is not, not afraid at all to sacrifice his next generation to, to be a hardcore guy. He hasn't done any fighting. He has one of the only swords in Israel until that battle was won by Jonathan. But he's real willing to kill him over his stupid rules, over his 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 conviction. It's all about me. I'm going to fast. God's going to do what I want to do. God doesn't work that way. God didn't call that fast, by the way. Yeah. And so his authority is just totally overruled. He's just weak. In fact, they, when they're walking with him, initially they're like, it describes them as like trembling as they walk with him. That's how great of a leader. And so, as for Saul, he was yet Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Like, we're, we're done. Okay, so let's move to Amalek. I could, King Saul, that next generation, Spirit of Saul, It's a real thing, and we see it in ministry quite a bit, because I want you to, you can minister, but you just never can reach up to the level that I'm at. As long as you stay under me, and I'm the best, you're good. But if you dare step out, I don't have a problem killing you. And I'm going to use my kids for my own ends. There's a message I want to preach sometime about Michael, from love, because she loved David, to despised. And the men that helped her get there. And Saul was number one. Just screwing his kids' lives over. He doesn't care. It's all about him. And he's such a weak-minded guy that it's the people that rule him. Man, I need to get going here. So Samuel comes to him, and this is verse 15, tells him, uh, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 2, And remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, utterly destroy all that they have, spare them not, slay both man and women, infant, everything. So he goes down there and he doesn't. And so he keeps the best, that's very important, the best of the sheep, the oxen, fatlings, lambs, all that was good. It would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. We don't do that, right? It's Amalek nowadays. World. We don't do that. And spares Agag. So then this is where he loses everything. And he blames it all on the people. This is where Samuel talks about hath, hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings, sacrifices, and as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. Rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. Boy, did he ever get involved in that, Josiah. Good to see you, by the way. I love Josiah very much. He's a genius. And stubbornness is, the, is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. 
You know all Saul really cares about? All he really cares about is that Samuel will go and worship with him before the people so that Israel will think everything's good. He knows it's over, but it's all about appearance to him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Just crazy. So then Samuel says, bring hither to me Agag. And Agag came unto him delicately. That makes me want to punch something. It doesn't actually mean what I think it means, but still. And Agag came unto him delicately. That's how Amalek acts. Face to face. They're passive. They're your best friend. No, we're good. It's almost like Jezebel and a man. Think about it. So he goes, surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel says, as thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And he cuts him in pieces. Isn't that crazy? Violent. And we know that Saul ultimately gets killed by an Amalekite. Second Samuel 1. It's, it's amazing. Like at the end of chapter 14, 52, it says that he Saul saw any when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him unto him. So he was collecting these. These mighty men. Whereas David got distressed, in debt, discomforted, and discontent, and made them into mighty men. A little bit of a difference there. Saul had nothing, nothing inside of him to impart to anybody. David had David had tongues. David was a warrior. Oh man, was he ever a warrior? So how funny is that when Saul gives him his armor? Here you can take my armor. Probably doesn't have one scratch on it. It probably shined every day. He walks around. Well, it's his hand like, you know, Napoleon or something. Goliath challenges them, and they follow, like, they, they agree with the rules of engagement. Why would you ever let the enemy pick how you're going to fight? How would Goliath have done against 100 or 200 or 300 challenging him, like coming at him? Yeah. Come on. I'm going to fight your best guy. And they're like, oh, we're done. <laughs> you know how big of a mismatch that fight was, David and Goliath? Goliath didn't have one stinking chance. We talk about mismatch, like it's... Goliath and poor little David. No, no, no. You Alaskans have hunted. A bear and a lion. Goliath was like, oh, yeah, I'm so scared. Come on. That's why David ran at him. That wasn't his biggest battle. Your biggest battle will never be in public. Your biggest battle will be before the public fight in private. God teaches you how to fight. He teaches your hands to war. Anyways. So we know David dealt with Ziklag and the Amalekites also. They took away all. They took everything. All the women and all their stuff. They went and got it all back. So it just kept going on. Well, now we're in. Let's move to Esther. So we're going to stay there for a while. So this is we're captivity time. We're in the Medes and the Persians. The law you set me up like three different ways yesterday. I 
we started with Exodus, then we talked about Samuel being born, and then we talked about the Medes and Persians law, because that's what I'm going to be talking about. It's awesome. So this story starts because actually Queen Vashti actually has some backbone and integrity, and she refuses to basically be paraded like with her crown on and nothing else in front of all his buddies. And so he starts to look, I'm gonna call him King um, Xerxes. That's what, that's what he was, instead of a Hes, ha, I can't say that name very well. So King Xerxes. And so verse two and five, now in Shushan palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer, son of Shemaiah, son of Kish, a Benjamite. I have the whole, the Jews have the whole list, the whole lineage, and I have it on my phone, but I don't care to read it. But he's from Jonathan. He brought up Hadassah, that is Esther. That was his cousin, it was his uncle's daughter. And he took, it, took her for his own daughter. And he changed her name to Esther. It's very important. So she goes and she becomes she becomes queen. He sets the royal crown upon her head. And uh, it's still verse two. And then it says Mordecai sat in the king's gate, verse 19. He sat in the king's gate. Mordecai, I don't know if you know how much you know about Jewish history, but there was Ezra and the wise council council, and they pretty much wrote the prayer book that the Jewish people still use. And because they couldn't sacrifice anymore. They made those prayers so um, technical to where you have to bow three times here, you have to step back, step to make it to where it was sacrifice and prayer together, which is very beautiful. So he was part of that wise council, so he spoke 70 languages. Mordecai did. So he's sitting at the king's gate. In verse 21, it talks about in those days while Mordecai sat at the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Big Dan and Teresh, they start to plan to kill Haseris. They're talking in their native language, which was Tarshish, because they didn't think anyone knew it. Mordecai did. And so he just listened in, and then he warned the king, and those guys were killed. 70 languages. So verse, chapter 3. Haman is introduced to us. Haman, the son of Hamadetha, the Agagite. I'm just going to call him Amakite from now on. And advanced him, set a seat above all the princes that were with him. And so then all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. Bowed and paid homage to Haman. That was putting your face on the ground. For the king commanded it. So he comes walking out, they, they stand up, they bow, and then they do the paying homage to him. And Mordecai stays seated. Yeah. Verse 3, the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said, You're screwing up, man. Why are you transgressing the commandments? And at some point there, he tells them that he's a Jew. Because before this, he's not—he's telling Esther to keep it hidden. You know, that, the way he raised Esther was not as a captive, 
He raised her as a Jew to the point that she had to hide it. Because women generally stand out in apostolic Pentecost. So they would actually like have to hide that they're apostolic. But men, well, how do you stand out as apostolic? So they tell, they tell Haman that he's a Jew. Verse 5, when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. This is how the spirit of Amalek, the Amalekites, what we're facing today, spirit of the spirit of this age, spirit of the Antichrist, this is how it feels. He thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai, wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. What a difference, huh? Saul is ordered to kill all the Amalekites, and he spares one of them. Haman has one Jew not bow to him, and he wants to kill them all. Who's more aggressive? But we can't be. we got to be, you know, we're Christians. We can't be, you know, that's, you got to love everybody. Your brother, you do. I call people to come to my church, my brother. When I'm going into town, I don't say, hey, brother, check out person. How you doing? So why don't we just start with really loving our church first. It's not really necessarily commanded to love the world. That's what makes those kind of things happen right there. It, it wants to kill every one of you guys. It wants to destroy your families. It's not going to be happy until every one of you and all of your family is dead. Over one Jew sitting in his seat. I'll tell you what. Mordecai is sitting in his place. That is spiritual authority. That is spiritual warfare like you would not believe right now. And you guys are facing it right now. And it is, are you going to stand up and reverence the spirit of the Antichrist? The spirit of the Amalekites? Are you going to pay homage to it? Or are you going to sit there and have people say, you're screwing up? How come you're not, the king commanded it. How come you're not doing it? You know, the rabbis say, this is just too good not to say here. It says, later, when unlike the Persian courtiers, Mordecai omitted to bow before Haman, the latter, not wishing to appear disconcerted, feigned to have received his salutation. He consequently turned around and advancing toward Mordecai said, and peace be upon thee. As though in reply to Mordecai's greeting, Mordecai thereupon said to him, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. That got him aroused. Got him a little mad. And, you, and when the, the, the other servants that were bowing down told, they were asking him why he wouldn't, he said, Because he's the tribe of Jacob. 
They said, well, Jacob bowed down to Esau. That's where the Amalekites come from. And Mordecai replied, this took place before Benjamin, whom I'm descended from, was born. And we've never bowed down. Well, if you grab your chair. Right now, we are facing heightened spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks from the enemy. And it is to get us out of our place. It's speaking to you to try to get you to start to doubt God, to doubt everything about God. It's working on you. To, we are seated. That's why I keep talking about him sitting in heavenly places. Haman, or I mean Mordecai, was in his spot. And the power that was coming from him sitting there and not moving. I cannot imagine how much that took out of him to not do that in captivity. That's where we're at right now. The spirit of this age is trying to get you to move. It's trying to get you to cool off. Right. Right. Yeah. And we'll find later with 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 Haman that he he glories in his riches, the multitude of his children, which are all boys. So he's a real man. I make boys. That's his masculinity so awesome. So he's rich. That's important to him. Masculinity, important to him. How, how the kings promoted him, his, his career, climbing up the ladder, incredibly important to him. So you're listening to me, and you're saying, I'm not paying homage, or I don't bow down. But those things are important to you. You don't have you don't have to put your forehead on the floor to bow down. <laughs> We're taking part in that, then we are then we might as well get up and bow down because we're no longer worshiping God. He's not going to have any idols, anyone before him. Right. I mean, we're going to take the idols to him to ask him to bless him, are we? So let's try to get us to bow down now. Put your seatbelts on, please. You got homosexuals on your TV screen, but they're funny. So it's no big deal. They say, Jesus Christ, God damn it. I know it's not okay to say here. Because you're a church. But it is okay in your house, right? Because it's a good movie. So I'm going to allow it in my house with my kids and my wife. We're bowing down. We're paying homage. When we allow those kinds of things and we're okay with it, we've cooled off. The church of Laodicea, they were rich and needed nothing. Bound down isn't what it looks like in here today. Our pride, our masculinity, I'm not going to submit to a man. I'm my own man. In fact, I'm going to come home and I'm going to talk some trash. Get my flesh anointed and start talking trash about how, how dumb the ministry is or how they screwed up or how my brother is, 
you know, doesn't deserve to be in that spot I do. So I, I think I'm just going to withhold some of my money. Our, our masculinity gets in the way. Right. So hard for us to submit. Or how about this? If you're not worshiping God, so if you're not worshiping God in service, yeah. you're bound down. You're the leaders of your houses, but mommy's leading at worship because you're quiet or reserved. No, you're prideful. If you can't cry, you don't have to cry all the time, but if you can't cry before God, So what he does, he's, he likes to try to just get you cooling off. Yeah. All right. All right. You don't need to do that. Because I give. God's blessed. That's why I work so hard, because I can bless the church. Let's compare percentage-wise. You probably just tithe and give some offering just like everybody else. You just make more. So don't say that God's giving you the gift of finances unless you're giving like Robert Morris does, 90% of his the tithe, 10% he keeps. Or the uh, purpose-driven life guy. What's his name? Rick Warren, had, he has to take one penny from all those books. You know that? So that's when you're giving. Not when you're just rich and giving 10%. Okay. All right. You see how, you see how, see how nice and subtle it is. Like, when's the last time your children heard you talk in tongues at your house? Come on. Come on. When's the last time you prayed with some authority in your house? Or when's the last time you put your foot down and said, turn that off? Come on. Yeah. Honey, turn that off. We're not watching that. Yeah. The kids can't watch that. It's got witches in it. The kids can't watch it. It's got all this magic in it. All this trash in it. What do I know about that? He just talked to Josiah. He got a lesson in that from his mom growing up. She would sit there and point out all the spirits that were being presented to him in, in cartoons. When's the last time you set your foot down on that? Instead of like other things. All right. All right. I can't even tell you the amount of spiritual warfare taking place with him right now. Because he's sitting in that chair and he's not moving. And now Haman, with his authority, he goes up to the king. He says, there is a certain people. Like, what time did I start? Okay. Certain people, Nakod, he said, Nakod, how tight is that? You know, you're always real, Lord, our God is one man. Nakod, oneness. So there's a cod people scattered abroad. He says, I'll pay 10,000 talents of silver to be able to kill them all. 375 tons of silver. That's how rich Haman was. 375 tons. And so the king goes, yep, you can do it. And he writes, he, he, he casts the lot, gets the day, and it goes out to all the all the world that he's in charge of, which is like Ethiopia to India, or India, and like 127 provinces. It's a huge area. And so this is like the first month of the year, and that's going to happen the 12th like December for us is set. December 13th, all the Jews are going to get killed because you did not stand up, Mordecai, and you blew it. 
flat out screwed up, Mordecai. All you had to do was stand up, and now we're all going to get killed because of what you did. That's what it looks like, right? That's why we don't walk in the flesh. That's why we can't trust our eyes. Because we're coming up on a time where it's going to look like we screwed up. That's right. You are prideful for doing that. No, you're being godly. And we are going to suffer for persecution before this is over. Someone I respect very much prophesied there's going to be people in America killed for what they believe before this is over. And you guys all know that that could happen so quickly. We have a president that is, is standing in the gap for us. Every single day that guy is warring. Every single day. That's what the enemy's doing in the spirit also. And how President Trump fights it is how we have to fight it in the spirit. We do not let one thing go. He can't let a text go without replying. But, and, you know, it's not, not always the smartest thing. But he's not letting one thing go. And he's still our president. With all the opposition against him. That's how we got to be in this. We cannot let one thing go. Well, it's okay. You know, I deserve it. Actually, I'm worn out. Let's just let's just walk somewhere. Let's just let's just you know take a break. We cannot. We we have to get out of where we're at now. Actually, the comfort zone. Yeah. And we need to start progressing. These Jews are only here. These Jews are here because they're they're enjoying life under captivity. They've already started to go to Jerusalem, but things are so good here that they don't want to go to Jerusalem. So God's going to make them, number one, start identifying as a Jew. Son of God. Are you guys, are you men, men of God? Are you just your first names? Are you walking sonship? So far, Mordecai's the only one that's been identified as a Jew. That's going to change. So that happens. He puts on sackcloth and ashes. They're all mourning. <coughs> Esther sends somebody to find out. He tells them a little bit back and forth there. And he says, you need to ask the king to, for, to put a hold on this thing. And uh, she says, I haven't been called up there in 30 days. If I go up there, I'm going to die. If uh, This is the younger generation, by the way. Saul Saul's ready to kill his. Mordecai trained her, trained Esther. You know, Esther's name means star. He changed that. Abraham, look up at the sky. Esther, you're a star. You're a child of God. Esther. Esther. Every time he said her name, Esther, star, reminder, you're, you're a child of God. Yeah, you're not you're not of this world. Every day, that's what we're supposed to do. Tell our kids their identity. Not just Jackson. You're going to be a minister of God. Yeah, you're a son of God. You're you're a, a daughter of God. Identity, 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 identity. Because the spirit of this age is trying to give them an identity. And they're doing a real good job with it. Amalekites are doing a very good job with our identity. So we need to start speaking with our mouth identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Patriarchs can't, can do it. I think we can do it. Yeah. All right. So anyways, I'm going to hurry. <coughs> she goes, okay. He 
because he says, maybe, you know, whether, who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. But before that, he said, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Yeah. Apostolics. Charismatics. There's a huge group that went over to Israel to fast for 40 days to pray for their government after BB won the election. Amen. By the way, did you guys pray for Netanyahu? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so they're going over there, they're fasting 40 days just for that government. There was what, 40, 50-something thousand people in Florida in a stadium doing the same thing for 16 hours, worshiping God. They are one revelation away from being the ones that do what he prophesied right here. Like us apostolics, we're going to do it. And their one revelation with their with how much they got set up, and how much energy and how much zeal they have for God, yeah, they're right. just going to go, whoa. Give them a All right. We'll just watch it. Anyways, this younger generation can't handle going to church all the time anymore. They can't handle long church. They can't handle all of this. So Esther's this younger generation. But she can't handle it, right? Well, he expects it of her. And he, he speaks to her like you can do it. Yeah. And so then, no, she says, she says, get all the Jews together in this town, fast for me three days without water. Yeah, right. Not just food, without water. Yeah. But our younger generation, they can't handle things. Wow. I'm going to fast without water. We don't know how much our younger generation is ready to be zealous for God. Right. And how strong of a commitment they can make. And unlike Saul, he disagrees with her. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do what you just said. Fast for me. Okay, I'm going to get all the Jews to fast for you. Right. Supporting that younger generation because she's stepping out. Yeah. She steps out and it works. Right. She invites Haven over. This is chapter 5. This is, well, he's still in his seat. <coughs> Even though that's the creeds come out, he hasn't moved from his seat, from his place. All right. I can't tell you the importance of that. How much doubt is going through his mind right now that he's screwed up or is he making the right decision? And he's staying in his seat. Yeah. Can you stay in your seat, gentlemen? Yeah. Right. That's a big question right now. Can you stay in your place? Yeah. Yeah. In Christ, in your place. Right. All right. All right. Moses is sitting on the rock. Yeah. He's sitting on that seat by the king's gate. Yeah. So Haman comes out after having a banquet with Esther. And he's all excited. He's the only one invited. And he sees Mordecai. And all that joy is gone. It's turned. You know, it's, it's turning here. No one can see it, but things are turning. Because he's identified himself as a Jew. Because he's standing up for God. And he's refusing to bow down to the Amalekites. God's starting to work. And now he's, Haman's the one. Who's going to turn this off? You have to turn it off. Haman's the one now that is getting upset when he walks by. Yeah. And it's affecting him every single yeah. day. Yeah. He goes home, verse 11, he goes, he, he gathers his family or his wife and his guys together and tells them how rich he is, all the kids, everything he's been promoted, and uh, how the queen let him in. And, but he goes, verse 13, yet all this avails me nothing so long as I see Mordecai, yeah. the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. There's some serious spiritual warfare going on. Yeah. Who's starting to win? Who's starting to win? Just none of this means anything to me. He's telling us, not your family doesn't mean as much as your grudges. Guys, how much do your grudges mean to you? How much do like, 
your offense of 30 years ago that's changed in your mind so many times with confabulation. How much has that changed? And you're still holding a grudge and inspecting your kids and sending them to hell. That's really what we're doing. We're sending them to hell. All right. And so she, his wife says, build some gallows. And so that night, God's moving. That night, he reads that story about Mordecai, hearing what those, five, what those uh, two guys were saying, coming and, and the king being saved. And he goes, has anything been done for him? Just as Haman walking in to say, I want to kill Mordecai. He goes, is anyone out there in the court? Here comes Haman. And he goes, what should be done? Verse 6 of chapter 6, unto the man whom the king delights to honor. And Haman goes, it's guaranteed me something. Yeah. He said, let the royal apparel be brought that the king wears, the horse the king rides, the crown, and let it be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes that he may dress the man, <laughs> array the man, with all whom the king delighteth to honor, bring him on the horseback and proclaim, thus shall it be done to the man who the king delighteth to honor. And he goes, awesome, go do that to Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> God can't, you think God can't make things happen in the yeah, world? Amen. The spirit world is working because that dude is not skipping out, right. out of his place. That's giving God the ability to work. God's name's not mentioned in here, but he's moving in here. Right? Right. It doesn't have to necessarily be mentioned because Mordecai's walking as the son of God. Right. Walking in sonship. So you see God through what he's doing. And he's been fasting three days. They don't shave. They don't do anything. Haman has to stink and wash him, get him shaved up, dress him, get him on the horse. The Jews said he was too weak to get on the horse, but he had to get on his hands and knees so he could step on his back to get on the horse. What you're seeing right there is God showing Mordecai, God showing the world, this is what I'm doing to him now. This is what's fixing to take place soon. And so that goes through, it's done, and Mor where does Mordecai go? Right back to his place. Amen. He's still seated up on that horse. You know that, right? But when, he, when that's done, he goes right back to the king's gate, sits down. Haman hastens to his house morning with his head covered, which ain't going to be the last time, bud. Ain't going to be the last time. He's telling him everything that happens, and his wife says, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him. Oh, Mordecai's a Jew? Oh, that changed things. You're not going to win. We never win against the Jews. We never win against God's people. So you're, it's not going to work. You're going to die. And it happens. And she says, the king, she asked the king if um, he could let my life be given me and my petition, my people, and my request, for we are sold. It's verse 4 of chapter 7. I am my people to be destroyed, to be slain, and to be and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bond women, I would have held my tongue. She wasn't raised believing that she was a captive or a slave, Josiah. Mm -hmm. So she thought that was like something that she wasn't already. A captive. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how that's how she was raised. Yeah. With that mindset. I want my kids to be raised with the mindset that they are sons. Yeah. They are captive to anything in this world. They're not bondmen to anything in this world. Amen. How awesome is that? Well, anyways, um, she points out Haman. 
king is so mad he goes in the garden. Haman comes and starts begging for his life and somehow falls. The Jews say Michael pushed him. Angel Michael. Onto the couch where she's laying. And the king comes in. And he's like, what? You're going to have like, sex with my wife right in front of me? And as soon as he says that, they covered Haman's face. That was the last time the face thing he covered up. And they hang him. And it's beautiful. He gives the house of Haman to Esther. And then Esther tells the king about her dad, Mordecai. And the king gives his ring. They take it to Haman and gives it to Mordecai and says, you're now like this place. The third prime minister of the Jews. Joseph, Daniel, Mordecai. I don't know if it's the same. It might be different with Daniel and Mordecai. But that's the three ones that became number two in a huge world. And it was Esther's office, working in her office, that promoted Mordecai into the higher office. You know, generations can work together in ministry. Yes. 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 The king that signed that ring. And so she says, by all means, go, go right to it and say, can you reverse it? Why not? And he's like, I can't. But here's what I can do. I can give the Jews the ability to fight back. Jews according to their writing, according to their language. I'm giving your identity back, boys and girls. You're Jews. It's time to come out of the closet. You're Jews. You're sons of God. You're men of God. It's time to start acting like it. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together. Church in their life to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people in the province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. And it starts saying, the Jews, over and over again, the Jews, the Jews. Verse 13, and the Jews should be ready to get that day to avenge themselves on their enemies, and they get it, and they start celebrating. They get the notice that they can fight back. And it turns into the Jews had life, gladness, joy, and honor. Verse 16 of chapter 8. In every province, in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear. That's the terror. That's Joshua 2, 9, Exodus 15, 16. It's the terror that God brings. Of the Jews fell upon them. There's two fears there. It's one of the Jews, one of God, yeah. one that God brings. Yeah. And you're going to start seeing that throughout. So Mordecai gets dressed exactly what he was dressed in however long before when he's on the horse in verse 15. 
went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel, blue and white, great crown of gold, garment of fine linen and purple, and the city rejoiced. And he waxed greater and greater, night and four, and, the Jew, and they were scared of him. The people, the officers, they became scared of Mordecai because of the, the office he had set. And so that day comes. See, they didn't get the army. They didn't get swords. They didn't get anything. They just got the ability to fight back. Amen. Right. And you have nine months, yeah. Jews, to get assembled, to get ready, Come and on. get a fight. Yeah. And that day came, and they fought. They killed all the son, all the human sons. Ten. They destroyed five hundred people in that town, Shushan. And then it continues on. They, they kill another three hundred at Shushan. They hang those ten boys. And then throughout all the provinces, they kill seventy-five thousand people. You didn't know you had so many enemies, did you? You didn't know so many people hate you. They're right next to you every day. They want to kill you. But they're never going to do it face to face. Yeah. They didn't know they had so many. So many enemies, and they never took any of the prey because it wasn't about spoil. We don't want anything from the world yeah. and our enemies. Right. We just want to be able to identify ourselves as Jews. We want to be able to fight back and defend our families. Exactly. That's all we care about. Come on. We're going to celebrate once it's over. Right. They get victory. God wins. They celebrate. That's yeah. where the celebration Purim comes from. Right. They said said for two days because Esther asked for another day for them to continue slaughtering their enemies. And by that time, they have people on their side who, that, that are scared, obviously. They're helping them fight. Because this guy wouldn't, st because this guy wouldn't stand up. Yeah. We think of spiritual warfare as being this big battle. We think of it as being like, and it is sometimes. But this is, this is the battle right now we're facing right now. We are facing this right now. Are you going to get out of your place? Are you going to let the Amalekites get you out of your place? Are you going to let them intimidate you? Are you going to let yourself get offended in church and step out of your place? Mordecai gets up, bows down. They're probably annihilated. Haman's an Agagite. They hate Jews. There was no other reason. They said, that he had, they said he had some kind of pagan god around his neck. That's why Mordecai went bow. Mordecai knew he was an Agagite. God commanded him never to forget it. The Amalekites, Amen. that was enough for him. I'm not going to yeah. bow down to you. You're my enemy. Right. But you know what? Mordecai never said a word to him in this Bible. Right. Mordecai only talks to authority. When you grow in your authority, you just talk to authority. You don't talk to these little pesky right. things here. Right. You don't even pay them notice. You All just right. stay in your place and you let God promote you. All right. All right. All right. And I'm telling you what, it's going to take so much out of you spiritually just to sit here right now. Right, yeah. Right. My dad Pop, talked about it in our share group that he's talked to many men that are saying, or people that are under attack right now. Mm -hmm. And the attack is on our minds. Yeah, right. The attack's on our bodies. Mm -hmm. Attack's on all, everything to do with us to make us doubt ourselves, yeah. to make us get too weak, right. make a mistake, or to make us look at things that aren't real. Yeah. What we're looking at right now is not reality. Come on, yeah. Reality is what the spirit is saying on, is going on, on right, right now. All right. Mordecai, you screwed up, man. Come on. God's going, I'm fixing to give them Jews identity. And I'm fixing right, to give them, give them, I'm promoting him to number two yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. In 70 years, they had peace. Mordecai, you're a mighty man. Saul, you're an empty 
you're a piece of garbage, man. I want to spit on your shoes. Saul, you look, you look impressive to us. Your armor's all awesome. You look like you know what you're doing, but you're a sissy, man. You're a wimp. You're the kind of dude that I can just go, oh, really? Yeah. I can just keep walking forward. You're going to back up. You're going to say, oh, don't, don't do it again, man. Don't do it again, man. Don't do it again, man. How about Mordecai? Mordecai's this old guy. I don't know how old he is. But he does, there's no, there's no, he's not impressive. Physically, I mean, he's obviously impressive with his mind. But he won't move. Right. Yeah. God's going, that's like a warrior. That. Yeah. Come on. Like that. That's a warrior. Good. Right. Good. If you aren't going to move, if you men won't move, if you won't budge until there's going to come a moment. If we won't move, there's going to come a moment where God's going to say, okay, this day, I'm going to let you guys fight. Come on. Right. Yeah. This day, in the spirit, I'm going to let you guys take some territory. All right. right. This right. day, in the spirit, you're going to be able to take back your families. Right. 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 Right.
actually starts to become powerful yeah. and stepping into what God's already ordained for us to step into. The devil's been defeated. We just gave back power. It's time for us to take it back. Are you sick of being lived in a captive world? In a bound world but we are a minority? So you can tell me what to do. You can tell me how to act. And I'll get in trouble if I don't. We back down. No, 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 no. We got to settle in our hearts that we're going to stay sons of God and we're not going to back up on one single thing that we believe. Not one. This is truth. And then what our pastor says is extra guardrail truth for us. And you should have your own guardrails at your house because pastors don't know everything that you struggle with. But you're a man, so I bet you you struggle with lust. So you should probably have some some guards up there. You struggle with anger, pride, and arrogance. You like to compare yourself amongst yourself. You should get some guardrails up. You got to put up your own guardrails, man. That gets you in your place and keeps you in your place. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a bad thing for your kids to grow up not watching anything. It's not a bad thing for your kids not to be able to play sports and be the superstar you never were. Be the, be the stud athlete or be the stud whatever. We need Esther's stepping into their place and then getting even more zealous, fasting without water. And we go, yes, okay, we'll do it. I'll support you. I'll fast without water too. Come on. Talk about generational transfer. We are not even right now, right now, we aren't apostolic authority or anointing. God wants to bring us there. I don't think we're there. And I may be wrong. But the power that God's wanting to work through all of us. Right. I see gifted people that have fivefold giftings, not offices, giftings in you. Yeah. And God wants to work that through you. All, right. all the gifts of the Spirit, He's wanting to activate through you. Wow. But we're proud, we never cry, so God's never going to do it through you. Because He doesn't work through broken vessels. Right. If you're broken, stay broken, man. Yeah. Just let God build you up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Never lose that. Never lose sensitivity to God. You be a big tough guy out there. When you come to the presence of God, you allow yourself to be broken, man. That's going to get you in your place. When you're all, when you're in charge, you're not in your place. You got to sit down under His authority. Who the Lord loves, He chases. If you're going to allow Him to chasten you, He'll deal with you as a son. How do you handle chastening from a pastor? From another man. You can tell me what to do. I've seen you doing whatever, whatever. We don't understand offices. We don't understand anointing. We don't understand that no, no man of God's perfect. They're just like us. But as soon as they say something we don't agree with, we're offended by it. No, that's conviction, stupid. That's God trying to give you conviction, man. So just like take it, it hurts, it doesn't feel good, obviously. It's surgery. It's opening as that sharp sword. It pierces the joints in the marrow, divides it between. It's so, it's so precise. They can do soul and spirit. That's coming from your man to God if you'll submit to him. When he preaches, just like Brother Churchill said, you consider it coming from God. Because that is how it works. If you'll start receiving it, God's going to start giving you more. God's going to start giving you more. But you got to open that channel. you got to let that start flowing. It's not going to be easy. It's never easy. Submission is not easy unless you're a slave. 
Unless you're just a wuss, wow. submission's easy. Wow. It's not meant to be easy. Mm. It's made for you to come under it. Mm. There's so many people in the military I saluted that I wanted to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I got in trouble with it. Yeah. So I had to salute the rank, not the man. Yeah. Right. 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 So I even got in trouble downtown when they weren't in, in uniform anymore. Mm. You don't have a rank on now, bud. <laughs> you still get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Turns out yeah. they got an ID. Yeah. It felt good. Not terrible. It's not easy, guys. So if I have a bad attitude because Brother Blacks are stopping me when I'm praying with somebody, like if I initially am like, what? You know, because I'm flowing in some serious anointing or God's working through me and it's, a, it's almost like a violent thing. You're not going to hell if you're like initially like, you know, it's you, it's you obeying it and then dealing with your attitude. Yeah. Right. Putting it back on the cross. All right. Right. Put it on the altar. Yeah. That's submission. Submission is not like, oh, okay. I, 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 when my dad's preaching, I'm opening my Bible, I'm flipping through. Yeah. Even my dad, who I trust implicitly, is not going to preach false doctrine to me. Yeah. All right. So as soon as he says something that's not biblical, I'm going to go. Dad, what, what did you mean there? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I'm not just going to assume or just believe everything someone tells me from the pulpit. Right. That's right. blind. That's Check blindness. Yeah. That's not submission. That's stupid. That's being a bad ah, sheep. Yeah. Feed me everywhere. I'll never grow up. Let's get in our place. And you don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be incredibly yeah. talented. Right. Just get in your place and you don't stick your chin up. I cannot tell you. I wish I could describe to you how hard that was. I'm sorry, I'm going way too long. How hard that was for him mm -hmm. to sit here. And then in his mind is the attack. He just screwed the screwed up the entire Jewish culture in that entire area. They're all gonna die because you wouldn't stand up and bow down. It's just one little thing, man. It's one little thing. Now everyone's gonna die because of you. God goes, no, everyone's gonna get the chance to fight because the Jews didn't want it because it wasn't about that. That's a distraction. Spoils or distraction. Things in this world are a distraction. Money, distraction. All of that's a distraction. What's God? Keeping in line with God. Nothing that will make, get that fuzzy. I need to hear the voice of God. I need people that trust, that lead me, that hear the voice of God. If I can't have anything going through my head that's going to screw that up. That includes anything I watch, anything I read, That's listen right. to, That's talk right. about, right. all of that. I gotta guard that. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that what you were thinking, Dad? Is that what you were thinking? I'm sorry, I'm done, Mister. Is that what you were thinking when you want me to develop something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. But the, uh, uh, being upset that, you know, he had all of that stuff that he was upset about Mordecai. Yes. How powerful is that? Yeah. All of that was was spoiled because he would not stand up for him. That's the, that, is, that is power at work. And that's some effect. How much effect are we having on the, on the world? Right. This doesn't mean anything to me because I can't get that guy to whatever. Can't get come up with a good example. Yeah. But right. can he do it if it, if, if it means jail for you? Can he do it? 
That means you losing your job and not providing for your family, and you have everybody say, dude, you got to provide for your family. It's biblical. You got to provide for your family. Well, you got to get your family to heaven. So what's what's the cost going to be for you backing down from something that you supposedly believe in? So can you do that? Can you lose your job? Can you go to jail? What other examples are there? As a man, can you let your health go to pure junk? Do you feel like you're crazy and not back up? Like this is too much. Because you have that choice. You can back away. Yeah. If you're not feeling anything right now, an attack, you're not even in it. You should be getting attacked in your mind almost on a daily basis these days. Yeah. We get points of victory and clarity, and it's back to attack. Yeah. Back to fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, what's good? Like, I want to see it. I don't know how to do it. It doesn't even look like it'll ever happen. Yeah. We just get smaller, get older, deader. Yeah. But that's not reality. Yeah. We're fixing to come to a point where God's going to say, you can fight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now we've held it here. Yeah. Now, I've been able to set it up yeah. there. Yeah. Esther, God prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Esther fights Haman over for dinner. Right, right. That meal is prepared yeah. before she even asks. Yeah. What's God do? What's God do? What's he capable of? Yeah. He's not even mentioned in Esther. Right. He's not even mentioned. God isn't. That's why they don't want to put it in there. The Apocrypha has prayers of Haman or of Mordecai and Esther. You should read them. They're powerful. She detested being touched by that king. She detested wearing that crown, that crown on her head. But she said, I know it's for a higher purpose. Our kids have a higher purpose. I don't know how to end this Hallelujah. Who can be honest and tell me that, that they're they're in this fight like to the point that they're having trouble concentrating straight ahead? Yeah. Come on. Go ahead. Who can raise their hand like right now? Yeah. Okay. What are you gonna do? You're gonna get up tomorrow? Yeah. And you're gonna keep doing the same stupid thing. God's not requiring a 40 day fast from you. No. He's just requiring you not to get out of your seat. God's going to give us the chance to go forward Amen. and fight.